0: Alright everybody, welcome to our own opening day here on Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Thanks everybody for tuning in here, appreciate everybody. Happy opening day. I am Paul Russo, coming to you live from the studios here at FrankLakes1.com, third floor of the North Park building. Uh, Join alongside me, my fellow co-host Kyle Evans, and behind the computer and desk handling everything on the production side, Nate Sharman. Happy to have both of you along here. Obviously, you'll be hearing a lot from me and Kyle, and Nate will be chiming in as well throughout the uh, throughout the podcast uh, whenever he has uh, something to say or we toss it to him or anything like that. So, appreciate you guys uh, along for the ride here, Kyle. H- happy opening day. Yeah, I'm very excited to get this podcast going, yeah. and of course, it's opening day, which is one of my favorite days of the year. And uh, it's unfortunate the Yankees uh, got rained out today and they're going to have to play tomorrow. But still, there's several games on and I'm very excited. Right. Yeah, certainly the case here. I agree with you. A little bit disheartening that, at least for us, you know, we, we are Yankee fans here. But um, that rained out, obviously not the best weather, as is the case. I would have thought that beginning of April would be uh would be rough. But uh, yeah. You nate, know, was, there you
1: was, go nate as i was thinking you know just as we were getting started here yeah what how many years has the opening day of the masters and opening day of baseball happened because that's the opening day of the masters is, right. is one of my favorite days of the year for obvious reason me being a big golf fan um
0: i'm sure it, i'm sure it happened it was, before I mean, i'm sure it was probably more prevalent back before the mlb season became 162 okay yeah and a much more what i'll call commercialized product. Obviously. You know, we don't really have the numbers right in front of us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm assuming maybe it was probably something a little bit more common back in the day than maybe, say, within the past 25 to 30 or so years. So. Okay, well, it's a good, I, it's a I good absolutely point. love the Masters. It's so. a good point you bring up, though, because, all right, Masters, this is Masters, Masters week, Masters opening day, um, second weekend in April, as it always is. Well, outside of a couple years ago, it, well, that was everything. So, um, yeah, so I, I think... Um, yeah, that'd be an interesting set we would have to look up but, for sure. Um, um, so yeah, probably get to, we'll, we'll, before we jump right into it, we'll, we'll give you a little bit, brief synopsis of what the podcast is going to be. Um, obviously Yankees and Mets, that's the two main ones, right? We're we're in New York, that's our bread and butter, so that's what we'll talk about uh, with them. Everything kind of going in and out with them, previewing what they have ahead, um, looking back on what they've had the past couple days uh, going into each game. And then uh, a cool segment that I will really enjoy because I'm just that much of a baseball goober. Uh, I really do love the minor league. So we also have what we're calling the on the farm segment, if you will, uh, with specifically the local teams to us here yes. uh, in the Finger Lakes area with with the Rochester Red Wings and Syracuse Mets. Yeah, it's pretty cool that we have two local teams right. uh, that we could you know we could go to games if we ever wanted to, right. and they're pretty close. Right and uh, obviously if there's any major news say with like the Yankees because what's nice about the Mets is right when you think about it uh their main two uh their, well their top two farm teams in du- AAA and the triple-a and double-a right obviously the series Mets is their triple-a team but their double-a teams aren't right down in Binghamton so yeah. uh, obviously if anything happens like major with them we'll discuss that and same thing with the Yankees you know even though their triple-a team is down in uh Scranton Wilkes-Barre uh obviously anything major happens there we'll discuss that as well but for the f- sake of today doing the season previews for the Yankees Mets and then uh, the Red Wings Mets as well. So really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, Kyle, why don't we want jump right on in here? Start with the Yankees. Um, so obviously the Yankees, bit of a, um, you know, 2021 simply put a year of a very high expectation and did not uh, go according to plan whatsoever. Uh, this offseason season, was really one that I think as fans we were hoping would be uh, much more of a, I wouldn't say maybe true. I, I, I think me accepting we won't ever have an off season quite like 08, 09 again, where we just go out and literally do the home run plays of say, of Sabathia and a Burnett and a uh, Teixeira, you know, plus obviously the other guys at the time like Swisher and Xavier Nady, but um I think, you know, obviously really hoping that we would get, uh, whether it was another top-end starter or one of the shortstops, and none of us ended up coming into play at all. Especially because it was a huge shortstop class. Right. And, you know, many Yankee fans wanted Carlos Correa, and uh, it took forever for him to actually, you know, choose a, choose a place to go because of the lockout. And then when he did choose a place, everyone was very surprised because mm-hmm. it was the Minnesota Twins. Right. I think part of that, too, is not not to maybe go too far down that rabbit hole exactly. But I think, you know, the only guaranteed year in that contract is this year. And then the other two are option years within that. So, Um, but you bring up a good point. I I think, you know, the way, and I I think, obviously, you know, the lockout plays a part in this as well. Um, But the way the agents kind of attack free agency now, not so much the players, but, I mean, we see what Scott Boris has done. Obviously, you know groups like CCA, C, CAA, Um Obviously, now with like Rock Nation and in, in the Jay Z front, with that as well, uh, players going there. Um, I don't think there's any major players yet with with, with Rich Paul and LeBron's group yet, and at least in the MLB. But I know they're making a play there. But but they play a much more bigger role because you do see now it's not just lawyers involved, right? It's players and yeah. or former players involved in that and so i i think it's gonna make it in that sense go make it more a much more tougher situation for the yankees moving forward mm-hmm. in my mind um but i i think the positive is some of these guys did take shorter deals yeah. i mean obviously story didn't uh that's i think that's what is that a seven year or something like that deal i mean it's it's long enough that by the time he becomes a free agent again might not be worth the squeeze anymore honestly i thought Corey seager would have been the best fit right Uh, just because like the short porch and right he's a very good defender Mm -hmm. but i mean the yankees are very high on their top prospect shortstop anthony volpe yeah yeah volpe as you mentioned top prospect he's starting the year in double a at somerset um so it'll be interesting to kind of see how he progresses we'll touch on the rest of those prospects here in a minute um Let's look at, I guess, the team that we currently have and looking at 2022 with them because um, – It's a very interesting yeah, one. Yeah, it, it, this is – I don't think it reaches, like, that 2014-2015 echelon of Yankees yeah, where, you, where you kind of have Lyle Overbay. And this isn't a shot at Lyle Overbay. I love Lyle Overbay, <laughs> right? Yep. But But where you have guys like Overbay or, like, a Vernon Wells or, like, a Pedro Barbone kind of out there type scenario. <laughs> yep. Um, You know, but that being said I, I don't think me or you Or maybe even you, Nate, kind of thought At, you know, the beginning of this offseason That, you know, Marwin Gonzalez is the former Astro That's in Yankee pinstripes very true You know what I mean? Um, So, I, it, like I said, it, it's a bit of a tough It's a tough navigation And, and I think this goes both you know with the Yankees and obviously when we talk the Mets here in a few moments um the both divisions in the East this year AL and NL East you're going to see a lot of people beating up on each other and with the Yankees roster the way it's constructed I don't know how this is going to play out for them now uh, that being said really the only team in the East I feel like doesn't have a true shot is Baltimore yeah. um they're they're the ones I can't I can't I guess construct a possible way for them to to get to the post to the postseason. Um, but that being said, you know I I, I kind of lead on the AL East. I I really do think Toronto and I I know honestly for all the moves that they did make, I I think Tampa Bay is going to still be there very much so at the top. Um, you know it it it's tough because. Like I said, I, I think you know. Obviously, we mentioned the shortstop. I wanted to see him do more with the pitching staff. I, they just really did not do that. They didn't do really either. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't. They didn't upgrade at catcher per se. I think they. I think they stayed kind of stolid ground with the trade for, well, not trade for really, but rather trading away Gary in that Donaldson deal, Donaldson and and Falafa. All around, and it, they, it 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 it's just such a strange offseason. The roster is it constructed in such a way. I I don't know what to really fully make of it. Yeah, they definitely got better defensively, even mm-hmm. at shortstop and behind the plate. But like as for the offense, yeah, Gary San. No one's like Gary Sanchez. A guy hits thirty plus home runs a year. Right. But the problem with. Uh, Yankee fans is they don't like how he strikes out a ton, but that could be said for a lot of other guys like Joey Yellow, Stanton. I think, I think my biggest gripe with Gary has always been just how lazy he is as a, as a defender. I mean, catcher is a defensive-plus position as we as even, I guess, this very pedestrian be- baseball fans would know. It, it's a defensive-plus position. I think I'd be able to, to accept his strikeout to, to home or to walk rate, whatever rate and ratio you want to go with it. I'd be able to accept that if he wasn't just a very lazy defender. Yep. Um, that being said, he was. It was weird at the pandemic year he was, I think, second in frame rate for a catcher, which is just absurd when you think about Gary Sanchez. Yeah, he had some good stretches, but most of the time, yeah, he wasn't mm-hmm. very reliable defensively. And right. I actually believe that some pitchers didn't even like throwing to him. I mean, Garrett Cole mm-hmm. apparently wanted Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. So.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Didn't Garrett towards the end of the year? into the year last year, Garrett Cole wouldn't have Gary behind the plate. Is yeah. that correct? Right. Called Kyle Agashioka his personal catcher. Mm. Higgy, Higgy does a really great
0: job. He's very um, – as one – I saw one article put it, he's an old-school catcher with new skill sets, with a new-school skill set. And I certainly agree with that philosophy for the most part. Um, he He's very much so of that class that the Yankees had uh, – more or less drafting and trading in the early part of the 2010s where you had him, uh, obviously uh, Austin Romine, um, and the guy that kind of gets around about is John Ryan Murphy within that as well, where you know, none of them super excelled on offense. Really, their bread and butter was on defense. Very good defensive catchers. Um, I mean, think about the stretch that Romine had a few years ago in 2019 before uh, he walked In that deal, he he was very much so the the beating drum almost of the team. Yeah, Um, had some very big
1: hits with that team.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, offensively, he he did what he had to do, and he just you could tell the pitching staff was comfortable with him. Yep, that's the key part in that, and that's what you want, right? And I think that's you know you mentioned you Kyle and and you as well Nate. How um, if if you're aced, if you're if you're workhorse. (laughs) is going to the de facto backup catcher as who he feels most comfortable with. Probably not a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> not a good look. Um, So let's, uh, for the Yankees here, just run down quickly a couple of the key. Obviously, uh, we mentioned within that Sanchez trade, Donaldson and – IKF, we're all, the Flying
1: Hawaiian. What was, what Nate, what what would you call him there for, for uh, the They moment? haven't, there's, on Baseball Reference, there's a nickname for them. Um I think it was the Flying Hawaiian. I think okay. you're right, Paul. Well, Flying Hawaiian, I think it's <laughs> Shane Victorino. We'll check on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, Connor Falafa was, was kind of the guy that they were really targeting at the trade deadline last year and couldn't get mm-hmm. uh, from Texas. So it's interesting, obviously, there. Um, no more Luke Voigt. Okay. Kind of uh, ease the log jam at first base a little bit. All Anthony Rizzo. And that's actually something I did want to discuss, too. At the Anthony Rizzo sign. Everybody wanted us to pursue Freeman. I felt like I was in the minority. I didn't really necessarily want Freeman, just the years and the money he wanted. Mm-hmm. I was perfectly fine with Rizzo still. Uh, certainly, last year's, uh, kind of, if you look at the pay structure, very similar year-to-year to, year to what Freeman's getting. But uh, they're both similar in age um and just Rizzo's around for a short time and to me Rizzo and Freeman are still pretty equal players very good defenders both left-handed hitters right so yeah pretty much the same player just Freeman would have been a lot more and I mean he I do think Freeman's better but I mean they're like the same player like you said yeah I do I I I do agree I think Freeman's probably the better player but I don't think it's by leaps and bounds the way some people kind of think Yep. um which kind of leads to this? Obviously now, um, where does DJ Mayhew go with the Glaber Torres and Isaiah being around, along with Donaldson? Um, as you alleviate one blockade for the Yankees, you have another one kind of pop up. Yeah, that um, was actually the biggest surprise to me. Right. the way the infield is now aligned after that trade with the Twins. Right, it's just now somebody has to sit. They have five infielders and in only four spots. Right, so somebody's going to be the odd man out every day, mm-hmm. and. It's really hard to take either Glaber, Torres, or DJ LeMay's bat out of the lineup. And honestly, I know Glaber struggled last year, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a bounce back here, especially now that he's back at second and he's comfortable there. Right. Yeah, I think um, – yeah, it's something I think we were all in agreement on for the most part, right, is Glaber just is not a shortstop. Yep. Obviously, that was his billing coming up through the system and the deal with the Cubs and everything like that, but he's just not – not a shortstop. We will so see him play. there though, still a couple times because oh, well, yeah. Aaron Boone did say he right. is the backup. So uh, obviously uh, IKF will be at short, and then Downson will be at third for the most part. Um, and then the outfield, uh, pretty much the same thing. Uh, no Brett Gardner, as I'm calling it yet, which I don't want around anyway. But I think there's still a chance um, eventually. <laughs> but yeah, we're looking at Gallo, Hicks, Judge, and you know they have Sam List as a DH, um, but. I, expect well, to see him I think I think he's going to be outfield. Honestly, he's a sneaky good defender. He doesn't make any errors out there. Um, in fact, when he is, was in Miami, he was a gold glove finalist year in and year out. Um, you know, I, I I I I would personally feel plenty comfortable with him. In all honesty, probably him being in the field and Gallo being more at the DH. Totally agree with that. Are you worried about Stanton with injuries playing the field often or I think the injury thing is I mean, he hasn't had a debilitating injury now for the better part of about three years. It seems to be better when he's in the outfield. Yeah. Um, Because he's not, like, sitting around and getting wanted bat every couple innings. Right. He's always moving, even when he's running out to a spot. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, you bring up a good point there. I think it's kind of an underrated or an undervalued thing being actually out there and running around. It's kind of um, the way I've always kind of felt about pitchers and pitch counts in a way um you know i i understand it to a degree you don't want a guy out there throwing 140 pitches i'm i completely on board with that but mm-hmm. if a guy's in the groove in the seventh inning yeah, don't pull him. and he's at 85 pitches don't pull him you know there's there's a fine line between that and i i, I agree with that i think but, it's a similar it's a similar plane but that's more old school now paul <laughs> right yeah exactly so um 2022 season for the Yankees, how, you know, I, I, there's a lot. They're at a crossroads. I, I, that's how I felt going into going into the day. I was trying to figure out, you know, what's the best term for the team this year? And it really is crossroads. Um, you know, Aaron Judge can be a free agent at the end of the year. The way it's trending, they allegedly only have 20, was it 20... 25 hours and, like, 40 minutes to get an extension done because he doesn't want to do discussions past opening day or after opening day is over. So And it's been very quiet, reportedly. Yeah, so I, like I said, I I, I feel as though this team's at a crossroads. It's going to be a very interesting year. Like, I'm actually excited for it Mm -hmm. because, like, you just don't know really what you're going to get with this team. Right. Yeah, I think um, they could go either way. They really could go either way. I think that's something, you know, we we mentioned at the beginning there of that and kind of wrapped up there. So the other team, New York, take the cross Bronx Expressway over into Manhattan and head over to Queens. We have the Mets. Uh, Different. Team with a different attitude compared to the Yankees, I in my mind this and year. They, Uncle Uncle Steve was not afraid to spend money. Yeah, they had a much, much better offseason than the Yankees did. Adding Max Scherzer was huge. Yeah, and I I wasn't even actually going to start with shirt. Obviously I think that's the obvious one, but you know, there were a couple names that the Yankees were trying to go after that the that they ended up that the Mets ended up getting. Nobly to meet Chris Bassett and Starling Marte. Yeah. Um you know, this is a this is a team that um you know, look, like I said, I, I think the NL East is going to be very much, I as opposed to the AL East, I think there's a case for every team, the NL East, to get to the postseason. I can see routes for every single one of them. Yep. Obviously, Miami, that's probably a little bit more of a stretch, but um, they're trending in the right direction. Obviously, the Braves defending World Series champions. Um, the Nationals, you know... They're funky constructed team. I will say that about the Nationals. I think but, pitching is but, an issue with them. But I can see that. I could see them potentially making some sort of run. Um, obviously, the Phillies uh, bolster lineup. pitching's fairly middle of the road. I'll say with them overall. But that lineup is tip for tad. I mean, they're, they're going to no, a lot there's of There's no runs. there's no easy out for them. Um, and then obviously the Mets. I mean. They they are a team that in my mind, I <laughs> I can't remember who exactly said on Twitter, but they are the new headliner in New York for baseball. I think they just are. Um, obviously, you mentioned surgery. We haven't even gotten to don't even for, don't even bring up like Degrom anymore in a weird way, even though to me Degrom is still the best pitcher in baseball, hands down. Um, and. They're starting lot They're starting rotation to me it's it obviously people talk are going to talk a lot about the front end of that rotation this year. And rightfully so, right? With the Garamen you quite literally have two full fledged aces on that team. Yep. And obviously we jokingly say that about some teams, how they could have two aces or three aces or you know, I think maybe the last time we could justifiably say that was maybe, you know, the Braves back in the day with Maddox, Smoltz, and Glavin. This Mets team, you have two legitimate aces. And the guys after that, sure they're not aces, but you put them on other teams, their odds are they're probably going to be the two guy the second guy in that rotation, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously Bassett. Bassett could probably have made a case that he was the A's ace, in oh, all yeah. honesty. Um obviously Cookie Carrasco, he's back for a full year, which is really fantastic to see overall in the grand scheme of things. Um and then obviously they're opening day side with Taylor Miguel um and even tywan walker he had a well, and that, solid year exactly i mean ty Walker's a very good pitcher a guy that the yankees tried to go after last offseason and couldn't get although um, he is dealing with a knee injury right now so we'll see right. how that goes yeah i know i think he's i think they only have him listed as day-to-day right yep. now but something to um, watch they, they'll be an interesting team and and what helps them is they they don't necessarily need their um prospects up right away oh by the way also trevor williams yep. that they can use to start as well so Um what are your I guess the initial thoughts on them? Because like I said, they I think they're the headliners this year in New York. I think if they stay healthy, they're definitely a playoff team. Mm -hmm. And the with their pitching, if their bullpen can be pretty solid as well, I think they could make a run in the postseason. Right. So obviously the other guy that they got in the Asio Mark Canna kind of negates your need for conforto conforto still a free agent or as uh, Nate Nate calls him can sucko, right? Something like oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay. Just wanted to double check. I don't want to be tagged with that name. <laughs> um, and it's interesting the the Mets in my mind are, are a very good team now with the universal dh because now what helps is you have pretty much a, three guys you can choose from to be your dh with on roster. Pete Alonso who not the best defensively at first, but also if you were to put Dom Smith at first, not exactly the best defensively either. Uh, we'll get to him in just a second. Um, <clears throat> back from a full year-long suspension, Robinson Cano, which I don't know fully what their plan with him is yet. I, I th- heard like first base sometimes. Yeah. Which I think you're going to see them this kind of cycle – those three guys down play him at DH. And then Dom Smith, who came on really great in my mind, over the course of the past eighteen months. Obviously the full year last year and then the shortened season in twenty twenty. Um obviously I don't think he's gonna be quite that prospect that they thought he was gonna be coming up. Um but that slightly watered down version of him I would more than be happy to take if I was a Mets fan. Absolutely. Um so their opening day, their opening day rosters nice. I, I, we keep talking about it a little bit here. Um obviously, you know like I like we mentioned they went out, they got they got their signings. To me, their biggest question mark may come at catcher. I'm a big James McCann fan. Um but if there was a glaring spot, I think it'd be catcher. Yeah, I do agree with that. They're pretty strong in every other position. Mm-hmm. Um so let's look at, to me, quickly look at their prospects because, like like we mentioned at the top a little bit there, they have the direct pipeline with Syracuse and Binghamton. And really the Mets, the only team outside of New York State for them is their A-club in St. Lucie, Florida, um, which is where they hold spring training. Um, so you look at their, their top prospects, right? Francisco Alvarez, still probably a two years away, he's going to be at double A, but he's a catcher. You know, you never know uh, there. Brett Beatty's at, or Brett Batty's at double A. Um, Binghamton. They have a lot of their prospects stashed at Binghamton right now. And I think that's something to keep an eye on. This is where double A, you find out who is, who's going to make it and who's not. Yep. Um, obviously single A is where if you're remotely good, you're going to make some headway. Triple A is where, you know, you got, what I call usually your lifers for the most part. But double A is where if you're good, you're going to find out there. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how things play out with the Mets at Binghamton this year. And then Matt Allen, uh, their fifth best prospect, He's oh, whenever he comes back, he'll be at Brooklyn to start the year the way it sounds. Uh, that's their high A club or advanced A, I think it's technically called, this year, um, coming back from Tommy John. We'll so be interested to see there, and then we'll talk about Mark uh, Ventos. He's at triple. He's at Syracuse. He's their fourth best prospect. Another cat, I believe he's infield actually. So, um, yeah, I mean the Mets are the Mets are in a really good spot. Yeah, the future's looking really bright. Um, what's interesting as well. So let's actually go down their se- their series with Washington here opening weekend. Because they already have all their starters set and ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's a nice positive thing for them. Uh, Miguel is starting tonight against Patrick Corbin. That game's on SNY at 7.05. And then tomorrow night, Friday, this is (laughs) a different discussion for a different podcast, this portion of it. Uh, 7.05 tomorrow night on Apple TV+. (laughs) Uh, Max Scherzer versus a very good young pitcher in Josiah Gray for the Nationals. Um, And then... On Saturday and Sunday, both the Nationals are TBA on who they're going to be throwing. Uh, But Chris Bassett has the slab for the Mets Saturday night, 7.05 on SNY. And then Sunday afternoon at 1.35 on SNY, it's Cookie Carrasco for the Mets. That's a pretty good first four-year trouting out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's tough to sweep four-game series, period, especially if it's an opening weekend. How do you feel about them opening weekend here? I I actually see them taking 3 out of 4. Honestly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. like you said 4 out of 4 is very tough. Yeah. 3 out of 3 is more doable, but it's right. still tough. And you're on the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking 3 of 4. It's interesting. I I think they could lose tonight opening night. Yeah. That's when I see the most plausible being out of any of them. Yeah. But I think I think the fact that we don't know who who's throwing for for uh for the Nationals on Saturday and Sunday kind of kind of hurt that a little bit. Yeah. admittedly. All right. You want to get dirty? Let's <laughs> go down to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> uh personally, will probably end up being my favorite segment cuz I just love minor league baseball. All right, Kyle. Actually, I'll I'll ask Nate this. Nate, east or west? <clears throat> if you had to pick a direction east or west. East. All right, we're starting with the Syracuse Mets. Since they are east of us, start close to home. Well, Fun fact, Syracuse and Rochester are both pretty much equidistant from Seneca Falls. I think one's 52 miles and one's 53 miles. Wow. So Big difference there. Huge. <laughs> so Syracuse Mets, uh, happy day for, for, I'd say, us baseball people out there. The AAA, AAA, and actually all minor leagues are back to their original league names. So the AAA East and West are back to being International League for the East and Pacific Coast League for the West. So... Syracuse Mets and Rochester are both in the uh, the International League, both actually in the Eastern Division as they usually are anyway. So it'll be fun to see. Manager Kevin Bowles, his first year in Syracuse managing the squad. Uh, Syracuse Mets went fifty and seventy five last year. Uh, last they have eight Governors Cups, which is the International League title. Uh, they have eight of them. Last one coming in nineteen seventy six. Wow! And one Junior World Series nineteen seventy. Noble people on the roster obviously you mentioned Mark Ventos. They have a couple other guys. Uh Khalil Lee back in Syracuse to start the year. Nick Plummer, the eighth best prospect for the Mets, came over. I think they claimed him technically off waivers from the Cardinals. I remember him being in the Cardinals organization for a little bit. Uh name that might come out and strike a chord with a few of us out here. Mike Montgomery came over on a minor league deal. He's there. And then a couple other uh top thirty prospects. Also starting the year in Carlos Cortez, Josh Walker, Carlos Rincon, and Nick Meyer. Um, yeah, the circuit, the Syracuse team. Obviously, Meyer League baseball already started. They, they started last Tuesday. Um, Syracuse and Rochester both are kind of similar teams to me. Um, I think one excels better at offense; other one definitely brighter pitching wise. But they both kind of have the same, uh, I guess, vibe and, and kind of. Uh, uh, direction about them at the moment yeah i think they're actually going to finish with like a similar record yeah i think they're both going to miss the playoffs honestly but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens uh both teams rochester has been part of the copa la Diversión. syracuse is now in on that as well as they will be the congeros de syracuse uh, at the moment they only have three dates announced this year may 15th uh july 14th and september 8th run through a couple uh of their what I call cool promos, minor league baseball. The cool thing about them is obviously the promotions are
1: really a one. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, just I think Thursday is the first game for the Red Wings, and they're yep. doing a happy hour, right. discounted tickets. Maybe, I think, and then some possibly discounted hot dogs too, as well. So, yeah. Once the weather gets nice, I love going to those games. I yeah. went to a couple last year up in Rochester, and it's fantastic going to minor league. Oh, games. they're the best.
0: It's the best. Hands down. I know Syracuse every Thursday is their Buck Night. I think I think Rochester's is technically Tuesday or something like that. Uh, but I could be wrong either way. Uh, the main... I I they co- do
1: Bark in the Park too as well, which yeah, is both, cool. Yeah, both teams do Bark in the yep.
0: Park. Uh, I'd recommend, at least for those nights where it's fairly regular promotions, just check their websites um, for that. But the cool ones that I've highlighted here, see if we can get some reactions out of you and, and Nate. You guys like superheroes? Well, Syracuse has two Marvel superhero nights in conjunction with a grand minor league thing on May 6th and july 16th I believe spider-man will be at the may one and iron man will be at the july one mm-hmm. i'm more of a spider-man guy but uh pride night on june 9th juneteenth celebration on june 30th um so i'm i don't know if you guys saw but every every year on opening the opening night eve as i call it i'll share the the Field of dream speech people will come right people will come mm-hmm. every year and um, on July 30th this year, Dwyer Brown, who starred in Field of Dreams as Ray Kinsella's father, is going to be signing autographs and making an appearance on July 30th in Syracuse. Oh, wow. That's really yep. cool. Um,
1: that Field of Dreams game last year in the MLB was was pretty cool. Right. Definitely got to are doing it again it. this year. Yep. Okay. Um, Yankees involved again in that? Oh, no. Okay.
0: No. I can't remember. I think it's Cubs and Twins or something like that, yeah, or Cubs yeah. and Brewers, something like that. Um I don't know if they're able to call it office night. I don't know if that was a copyright thing, but Leslie David Baker, who played Stanley, will be there on August twelfth. Um and then uh, us baseball fans, we know who Phil Reagan is, former Mets pitching coach. I think that was technically his last job. Uh he's having a bobblehead night at Syracuse on August thirteenth. So looking forward to Syracuse uh going making some trips up there, and then for the Rochester Red Wings, as I mentioned, International League east as well. Um, oh, Syracuse. I don't know if you guys were able to add two, two and two together, but Syracuse Mets affiliated with. <laughs> the New York Mets. Good job. <laughs> Rochester Red Wings uh, affiliated with the Washington Nationals. Uh, manager Matt LeCroy, former MLB player, actually played in Rochester a little bit, back for a second year um, in the dugout for the Red Wings. Uh, 10 governor's cups for the Red Wings last one coming in 97 uh, record last year of 49 and 77 Um, not as much top end prospects on the Red Wings compared to the Mets uh, but the Nationals number one prospect in Cade Cavalli is starting uh, the year in Rochester and he's actually starting tonight yeah I was about to say that and even though he's on the prospect list anymore Luis Garcia is starting the year in Rochester as well um and then they have a couple lower-end uh, guys there as well. Trace Berea's is back um, catching. Uh, I'm guessing he'll be probably used on a taxi roll this year with the Nationals again. He's actually off to a good start, yeah. back-to-back multi-hit games to start yeah. the year. Um, and then Lucius Fox, who I remember coming up, was a big Royals prospect. he uh got claimed off waivers by the Nationals, so he's starting the year in Rochester with them. Dobbin Casey making the jump from Double A in Harrisburg last year. Coming up to Rochester for Triple A this year, and then there's a couple other guys that I just want to bring up because Rochester to me has always been, even in their Twins days, being affiliated with them, kind of having these major, major league experienced guys on the mm-hmm. on the team. Um, Tyler Clippard, Carl Edwards Jr. and Hunter Harvey out in the bullpen. Some Yankees legends. Seth, right there. and Seth Romero. Speaking of Yankee oh, legends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and then also uh, in, I guess position player wise, technically Gerardo. Gerardo Parado Parra is going to be in Tough Rochester to again to start uh, the year, which is pretty interesting uh, as well. Uh, Richard Urania, uh most notably I'd say with Toronto, is kind yep. of where most people probably will recognize his name from. He's there as well. Andrew Stevenson, former Philly prospect, uh, coming back over from the Nationals side. I think he actually technically started his career in the Nationals organization. Pretty solid outfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to give a shout-out to uh, a guy who is back with Rochester, even though he's not on the 40 men. Jake Knoll. Yep. Um, very solid player, and he's back again with Rochester this year. So I'm excited to see kind of what he can do uh, as well. I did forget to mention, actually, with Syracuse, not not to get too far off, uh, but Daniel Palka is with Syracuse. Oh, was really? With, was with Rochester last year. So staying on the I-90 platform. <laughs> um. Obviously, as I mentioned, Rochester part of the Copa de la Diversión. Uh, they are the Rochester Cocos Locos, and their five or three games scheduled at the moment there are May twenty second, July twenty sixth, and September second. For that, um, notable <laughs> notable promotions for them. I did chuckle at the first one uh, that really jumped out to me was uh, the Jack Link's Sasquatch is making an appearance this year on June 21st. So we finally get to determine if Bigfoot is real or not, I suppose, that night in Rochester. Uh, Iron Man will be at Frontier Field on June 24th, the Marvel superhero night for them. Negro League night on June 25th. Rochester's office night, or used to work in the off, whatever they're calling it, uh, but Kate Flannery, who played um, – oh, I'm having a brain fart. This is not good. I like The Office too. Meredith. There Meredith, we go. Yes. <laughs> She'll be there on June 29th. Having this a brain fart there. It happens. Pride Night on July 13th. Um, on July 15th, speaking of baseball movies, Rookie of the Year. How do we feel about Rookie of the Year? You fan. like it? You like it? Nate, you like it? It's a good one, yeah. Well, Henry Rodengardner will be there on July 15th. I forget his name in real life, but (laughs) he'll be there on July 15th. And then the Rochester Film Orchestra will be there performing on July 16th. So if you like uh, live performance music and the Film Rock Orchestra is really great, uh, they'll be there. there. Obviously, Nate mentioned opening night on the 12th next Tuesday against Buffalo at 6.05. And then I have to give a shout out here for Bat Dog Milo coming back this year. Uh, at the moment, five scheduled appearance for our beloved good boy on May 21st, June 25th, July 30th, August 13th, and September 17th. Wow, our Special night nights between the two teams. Yeah. And then obviously, especially these two teams, because, um, Rochester and Syracuse, obviously you can throw Buffalo into the mix as well, obviously further down on I-90, um, they have a they they always battle for what's called, I think, the I ninety cup, but yeah. they've also added the past couple of years the battle the food fight, which is fairly interesting. So obviously I think it's Thursday home games for Rochester in years past they've been the rock Rochester plates. Oh yeah, I think that's still going on, isn't it? Okay, it yeah,
1: is. that's was, that was gonna be my next question. The Are Syracuse, they doing that this year? Syracuse
0: okay. Mets become the Syracuse Salt Potatoes. I believe it's every Saturday or no, not every Saturday home game anymore because they were going the Salt City Mets then. I forget what day they're doing the, the potatoes. And then I don't know the bisons, but they become like the Buffalo hot wings or something like that. I don't you know games? If Josh
1: Allen's thrown out the first pitch at all. I know he did last year.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's going to this year, but yeah, it was cool. Last it year. was pretty
1: cool last year and seeing him at, next to uh Vladdy jr. Right. Yeah. They were taking some pictures together hey guys. And, and talking together I Two <laughs> two very large humans and two very large humans. to their respective organizations as well. Right.
0: Uh, but, but I'm not too sure, but you can look up the dates on the promo calendar there for that. Um, for when it's pretty much the food fight. Each team will be wearing their special jerseys. And that's the cool part about minor League Baseball, right? You go to go to Rochester and one of my favorite things is um eating a trash plate in the stands. Shout out George. I don't know if people <laughs> can hear him, but um Yeah, so that's where we're oh I forgot we forgot to do forgot to who the Yankees this weekend against the Red Sox. Uh, Friday, tomorrow, 105, Nathan Eovaldi versus Garrett Cole on yes. And then Saturday, 405, it's Nick Pavetta for the Red Sox against, we're assuming, Luis Severino for the Yankees. That game's on yes and FS1, apparently. And then on Sunday night, ESPN at 708, Tanner Hawk versus technically TBA for the Yankees. Uh, Kyle, who'd you hear? Likely Jordan Montgomery, so... All right. So that wraps up opening day for us here on Concrete Jungle. Uh, So we are scheduled every Monday and Thursday here throughout the regular season. Uh, Thursdays will be at 11 a.m. just like today. Uh, Monday, next Monday, we're planning for 9 a.m. We are going to do 9 a.m. because that's when it works best for us and uh, we we're busy in the fingerlakes1.com studio, so we have to be honest with you. We, we just the amount of content we produce and the great content we got, it happens.
1: Yeah, hopefully, we can get Kyle out of bed by nine o'clock and here in the studio.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <obvious> gonna <laughs> be a slight problem for hey, you. Hey,
1: it's baseball talk. I'll be here. On That's time. true.
0: No, My Kyle man. never
1: misses the baseball talk. And credit to Kyle Evans earlier in the week, we were talking about uh. recording today, and he said it, you know, we can record at 11 o'clock, and you know, because the Yankees aren't gonna play today, and news comes out that. The Yankees move to tomorrow.
0: Nos- Nostradamus over here, eh? Where do I do I'm a weather guy.
1: Oh, okay. Fair enough.
0: So, yeah, make sure you come back with us here on Monday, 9 a.m. We'll recap the weekend for the Yankees and Mets. Preview the midweek stuff ahead. Uh, make sure you catch us live on YouTube, and then you can check us out on all major podcasting platforms to get a listen to afterwards. For Kyle Evans, I'm Paul Russo. Everybody Finger Alex1, thanks to our producer, Nate Sharman. Happy opening day, everyone. Enjoy the weekend, and we will see everybody here next Monday for Concrete Jungle in New York Baseball Podcast.